0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lab NBA podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I am joined by guests my boy Romp, the official Romp. Say what's up to people. What's up, guys? How you doing? How are you enjoying the playoffs, Sam? I am trying to enjoy it the best way I can after my team got <laughs> eliminated. <laughs> it's the first time I'm able to say that in like eight years, so you know, it's a, it's that's a good. bit of a change, but you know, it's a welcome change. Progress, bro, progress. Yep, yep. Progress is always is always welcome. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying seeing um the Hawks get crushed the last couple of games. So, you know, it's yeah, kind of made up for too. my team. <laughs> getting eliminated but um we're recording right now on saturday night around 10 o'clock it's halftime of the jazz clippers game clippers made a valiant effort to try to tie or they are making a valiant effort to try to get this game this um series closer to a tie um they're up by at least like by like 14 or so points right now um and, you know, Paul George and Reggie Jackson and Kawhi, they all have it going. So that's that's pretty good for them. We'll get into that series, I guess, a little bit later. But, Romp, you are a Sixers fan. you Sixers. They kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit to start off game one of this series. Doc Rivers. Um,
1: Doc Rivers.
0: <laughs> and, you know, that's due to um, Doc Rivers um, kind of like following the same tactics that Thibs used against Trey Young for at least the first half. Of the game which led to like a twenty-five or so point lead in this game by the Hawks in game one. But you know, second half Sixers they turned up the intensity. They started um not doing what Thibs did and started blitzing Trey Young relentlessly, um putting their better defenders on him. And you know, they've been doing that ever since. And you know, um here we are now, game we're heading into game four. Um Sixers are up two to one and they look like they'll be headed towards a gentleman sweep of the atlanta hawks which a lot of people expected so um give me your thoughts on what's what's transpired so far and what's 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 go- what's going on with sixes twitter or and like doc rivers how they feeling about what he's done so far and also you could get into joel and how amazing he's played on basically on one leg yeah it's unbelievable um but game one
1: Everyone pretty much, um, the fan base blamed Doc Rivers for putting Danny Green on um, Trey Young, which is really interesting considering you have Ben Simmons, who was second in the Defensive Player of the Year race. Um, I think Trey Young was actually like struggling in the second half because they actually switched Ben onto Trey in Game 1, and that's how we had our comeback. So I think the Sixers just came out lack- lackadaisical, Kind of just let the Hawks get some rhythm. Hawks got confidence. They can score the rock for sure. But, I mean, it's just plain and simple. The Sixers are the better team. So if they put in full effort, they're going to win the game. And their defense with diable and Ben locked in along with Joel Embiid, one of the most underrated defenders in the league when he's locked in, it's incredible to watch. I love watching their defense when everyone's going hard, They're blitzing screens, you know helping everyone and offensively I feel like they're underrated as well I mean they put up 120 points I think like five times and I saw like a stat um the last team that did that was a finals team so I think the Sixers are just going under the radar Brooklyn's the hot talk the Suns are the hot talk so I kind of like it as a Philly fan
0: yeah, you guys are able to to stay under the radar that way. And it's kind of best, you know, the way the Clippers operated this year in the regular season, they were more under the radar than they were the past year, and it's worked out for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, when I saw Danny Green on, um, <laughs> on Trey Young, it gave me, like, PTSD flashbacks of our series when we had Reggie Bullock guarding Trey Young. And then also what y'all were doing with sim- – which was similar to us, which also gave me more P- PTSD. Is y'all weren't involving Trey Young in any actions, like y'all weren't getting his, his man changed. involved in any screens mm-hmm. or anything. But that changed over the time of the, over the course of the series, and now Danny Green is out as of um as of game three. He suffered a um, calf strain, and um no one I've seen not really anyone say this, but this it kind of works to you guys benefit in a way because i agree <laughs> doc is kind of forced to be more creative i guess with the lineups and the rotations that he has to use and he's forced to use cork and um shake cork. milton a little bit more so that's been to your benefit especially in game 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 two shake milton came in and he just like yep absolutely I, I can't changed the it. flow of the game
1: it was incredible. I mean, I don't know if you were following Shake Milton, but he completely just lost his confidence midway through the season and like the first two months he was in like six men of the year conversation. I mean, yeah, I remember at least that. for Sixers fans. <laughs> for Sixers fans he was, but I don't know what happened. He got like an ankle injury, missed some games, and then he just came back in the Wizards series, he was unconfident. But at the same time, I think Doc should have tried him out sooner just because he brings something that not many players on the Sixers have, which is playmaking ability, you know, shot creation ability. He can hit a three, even though his percentages have dipped from last year, but he's just a solid scorer. And like, I'm seeing Hawks fans like, oh, you're getting carried by, by shake Milton. This is a fluke. And I was like, do you know who shake Milton is? He, he, he can put up like 30 on any given night. It's just that his confidence has been weird lately
0: yeah I mean Hawks fans oh I can't stand them they they call everything a fluke yet they think DeAndre Hunter is the second coming of Kawhi Leonard that's another topic for another day but um yeah I mean you guys have done a good job of um exposing Trey Young the defensive end putting him in actions something I wish my team would have done more um and also, and with, can I um, um,
1: talk about Danny Green? How it's going to benefit us? Mm-hmm. Danny, King, Danny Green can't dribble. <laughs> yeah, he can't. <laughs> like, so, so you, you put got, Korkmaz you out there.
0: there.
1: He, Corkmaz he, has irrational confidence. I always joke with my friend that he thinks he should probably be starting on the Sixers. Like that's the type of confidence he has. It's unreal. He probably he's like the LeBron James of Turkey. For some reason, he's like really popular in Turkey because that's where he played. But I love his confidence, and he can dribble, and he was saucing up Trey Young in the pick and roll, and I was loving it.
0: Yeah, that was the problem with Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock can't really dribble, similar to Danny Green. And what you need to expose someone like Trey Young is have, like, shot creators and guys that can create off the dribble. So that that's why, um, that's why I was so confused. I think you saw my tweet, and you responded to why Shake wasn't getting any run. Yeah. But, like, the type of player Shake is – he's the type of player you need in a playoff series. That's like going to swing games. Like his instant offense off the bench is like incredible. And in game two, that's what, that's what swung that game. Um, and that's what kind of opened the floodgates for the rest of the bench to start being able to score. Like you saw Dwight start to get to, to scoring, um, action, um one shake came saved in our season <laughs> yeah basically because if if you guys were in a close one with atlanta and atlanta likes to to be in those close ones because they know how to pull away but if you really put your foot on their neck then they won't be able to like really pull away from that um and in game three i mean we just saw aggressive ben simmons which i think everyone including Sixers fans of course have been dying to see <laughs> um and um joel Embiid, i mean like I don't know if he has, like, insane pain tolerance or he's just, like, superhuman at this point. But, like, there was a point where he looked like he re-injured his knee and then he just came back down the floor and caught an alley-oop and I was like, all right, I guess he's, Dude, he's fine. a warrior. Yeah, he, he's incredible.
1: Man. I I don't think he gets enough respect. I'm going to be real. I a part of me thinks I'm just biased, but I truly believe he is the best player in the playoffs currently. You can let me know if I'm being biased, but... You look at offensively and defensively, I just don't see another player as dominant as him in the playoffs standing. You know what I'm saying? Is that fair or am I just being biased?
0: Um, it's fair, but like it's like it's really hard because a lot of players are playing like really well right now. Like you got D book playing well, you got um Kawhi playing well, you got KD playing well. Um, yeah, it's like the playoffs this year is, is a really deep field. You got Donovan Mitchell. I can't forget Donovan Mitchell. He's been killing the Clippers the last yeah, couple games. But yeah, I mean Joel Embiid, he has a really solid argument for best player in the playoffs right now. Especially that he's doing this on one leg too. Like to me, that's remarkable. I mean, I know they say it's a small tear, but like you can still see that he's somewhat limited. Yeah, he sometimes he's always mo- grabbing it every now and again. Yeah, so it's it's bothering him, but like it's not bothering to the point where he's like not able to contribute. But it looks like we're headed towards a possible um, Philly-Brooklyn conference finals. I don't want to speak too soon because, you know, both teams are still 2-1 and, you know, anything could happen. But mm-hmm. um, that's what we're looking towards. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Philly's got to feel pretty good. They're getting solid contributions all over, all over, all across the board. It's not just Ben and it's not just Joel Embiid and like occasional Tobias good game. It's like Joel Embiid, Tobias. You're getting Ben. You're getting you're getting contributions from Seth. Um, Shake is comp- contributing now. Kirk Corkmaz is contributing. So you're getting like solid contribution all across the board from all your um all your um key pieces. And you know that that's what you need in playoff time. You need those guys to step up and help your stars. So it's looking. Yeah. Pretty good for you guys right now. I'm excited, man. I, I'm not.
1: I'm not too scared of the of the Nets or Brooklyn. I mean, or Nets or Bucks. I I truly believe if um, Embiid's healthy, I think we'll take down anyone. That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what that's that's what it really comes down to at that point. Because I know, like as was with um with Brooklyn, they can't stop anyone in the paint, and with the Bucks they just have this re- reliance on three-pointers now this overt over weird reliance on three-pointers and i know that was their bread and not really their bread and butter during the regular season but like it was something that they were good at but now they're just relying on it way too much to the point where I they're trying they're the to Prime match Warriors. yeah they're trying to match the 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 um the nets at their style and you just can't do that if you want to win so um i guess we could talk we can slide right into bucks nets talk um, game two was embarrassing. If I was a Bucks fan, I would have been utterly embarrassed because they got ran off the floor and it's playoff time and getting beat by 40 in the playoffs is like absolutely terrible. Um, game three, we saw a better game from the Bucs, but like it was still a bad game from them, which says a lot. And it was also a bad game for the Nets too. I mean, 83 Both point. teams, I think they didn't even crack 90, was it? Yeah, it was 83-86. Yeah, I mean, that's like 2004 level scoring in the playoffs. Like, it, it was bad. It was an awful game to really watch. And what made it even worse, for me at least personally, was um seeing Giannis take eight threes. Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't know what's... They got to stop using him as a
1: point guard. I've been saying this for like 25 years now, so it's not going to happen. But (laughs) you should just accept that he's a center or power forward and learn some post moves because whenever he's at the top of the key, he's just he's just allowing Brooklyn to like take five steps off of him. And that allows Brooklyn to actually be good at defense and they suck at defense. (laughs) It's like so weird. And Drew Holiday has been a shell of himself. Chris Middleton stepped up last game, but he's been pretty much useless as well. It's just a the Bucks have crumbled again. It seems like they still have a chance if they make it two two, but it's sad to see because they if they play their style basketball against Brooklyn, if they really play it, I think they they have a chance. But they haven't done that. They've just been trying to beat Brooklyn at their own game, like you said.
0: Yeah, and you you can't do that because Brooklyn is better than. You at their own game, like that's what got them here. um And yeah, I mean, it's it's like I know Giannis is also like at fault for like taking so many shots, but like it comes down to coaching at the end of it. The coaches <laughs> are allowing him to do this; they're not telling him to play his game. They're not putting him in situations for him to play his game. He's been awesome at finishing it at the rim and as a pick and roll roll man. And, like, they've just completely abandoned it. And they're just like, no, Giannis is Kevin Durant now, or he's going to try to be. (laughs) And it's just not working. I I don't get it. Like, how do you completely abandon your game? I know we've been, like, screaming from the rooftops for Giannis to develop his three-point shot and for Ben Simmons to take threes. But at this point, it's just like, you know what? Let these guys be good at what they're good at. But like put them into situations where they're gonna thrive at doing that as well. And with Giannis, we're seeing he's doing ISOs from like the top of the key and from the wing. And like they're 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 be, they're able to stop that because like that's not Giannis's game. Like I just don't understand why not he just fully embraced the center position, like you said. And I I've been clamoring for this for for, for a couple of years now. I, I just need Giannis to get into the gym with Hakeem Olajuwon. Over an all season and develop a couple of post moves, let that be a bread and butter along with finishing at the rim, and you could be an elite center, and like no one will be able to stop you. But again, he he has fallen in love with the jump shot, a jump shot that was broken. No thanks <laughs> so um, bro. to um, Jason Kidd, well, partially, in fact, to Jason Kidd, but um, yeah, I mean he's just he had a good he had a good counting stats game last game but like shooting the ball wise was just atrocious and imagine um, if you took
1: away those eight three-pointers and they were like inside shots yeah milwaukee probably wins by eight or ten double and he dig- probably finishes maybe?
0: with like 50 maybe
1: yeah it's like Dude, just stop trying to be someone who you're not, you know? Just just be be like Ben Simmons and admit you suck at shooting, and don't shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah, at this point just yeah, you got to like just embrace the center role and just be really good at it. And he can because like just look at what he does in the paint already. Like no one can stop him. Um and to your point about Drew, I mean Man, I thought we were getting an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. It looks like we just got Eric Bledsoe 2.0 in here. Like, yeah, I I don't get it with these guys when they get into the playoffs. They just they just I suck think it's again. Coaching,
1: man, at this point, it's got to be coaching, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's coaching. I think at this point with Bud, it's just like he has to be done at this point. Him and John <laughs> Horst. Like, you can't bring both those guys back again. And John Horse is at fault because I think they did a good job of building this roster. But Coach Bud, he said, someone had tweeted this one thing out that he said. He said, um, he said about playing in the playoffs that we're just going to play our style and hope that it's good enough. Like, oh. dude, what? That's the last anymore. thing I want to hear my coach say. They're not even playing
1: their style this this um, series. So. <laughs> they've forgotten
0: what their style is. <laughs> yeah, they completely abandoned it. And once you do that, it's just curtains. And hopefully, you know, oh, hopefully over this um, this this little break that they've had in between the games, they went over the film and they looked at how they're not playing their own game. Hopefully, someone went to, got into Giannis's ear and told him stop shooting threes because, like, it literally serves him no benefit to shoot threes anymore. Yeah, it's 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 not gonna fall, Giannis.
1: And then I feel like the worst thing is when he hits one, he thinks he's gonna hit another, <laughs> so then he just fires even more, and he got to change his free throw routine. Ugh.
0: Oh yeah. Um, he's not i even mean
1: looking at the rim like
0: what's the point of it and like he, at this point it's in his head because yeah. he's just like overthinking it at to the point where like he's at the line for like 15 seconds at certain points and like they have no choice but to call the call now so it's like he's not doing himself any favors but like also with that the coaches have Gave him any favors as well. They haven't put him in situations to really mm. maximize his 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 style. So bad job all around by the Bucks. I'm like sort of hoping, like I, of course I want them to beat the Nets, because like who doesn't want them to beat the Nets? But like, <laughs> it's like I kind of want them to get eliminated just so they can yeah, finally because they're up playing call. stupid. Just because they're playing stupid. (laughs) Not even just because they're playing stupid, but I just want them to have a wake-up call for them to finally get rid of Bud. Like it's time. Yeah, it's it it is time. It's been time. I trusted them this year. I thought
1: this was the year, man. They made some changes. Yeah,
0: we all look like idiots now, but like they made some changes that like were somewhat significant. Like they did more switching on defense during the regular season. Now they just do drop and they're just abusing Brooke Lopez in that situation. It's oh, another thing. Oh man. And like Ooh. what pisses me off is like Bud will watch the Nets do like five straight pick and rolls and like get Brooke in the action and it will lead to a score like every time. And Bud is just like standing there watching it, like, sorry. You're just letting it happen. Yeah, and it's like see this this is why, like, oh man, it, it pisses me off because it's like Him and Eric Bledsoe, they owe Giannis some hardware, man. Or at least an appearance at some hardware. Like, they've done this man so wrong doing the things that they've done and playing the way that they've played. Oh, man. But at some point, Giannis got to be like, yeah, this ain't my game.
1: I'm just going to learn some post moves.
0: But see, Giannis is the good soldier, just like Steph. Like those two guys, whatever their coach says, they're like, Yes, sir. And like they don't stray from it, which which kind of sucks because like seeing those two type of guys go rogue and do whatever they want, it would be it would be amazing basketball to watch because it it would finally release them from those from those um from those rules that they their coaches have, like, put on them. But that, that's not the type of players that they are, so it kind of sucks. I mean, they're putting 40-year-old Blake Griffin on Giannis. Like, you just got to sit
1: Giannis down and be like, dude, Blake Griffin's on you. This ain't the old Blake Griffin. Come on. Let's yeah. get him in the post. It's just bad coaching, Um, bad just dumb shot taking by um Giannis at times too. I don't know it. It seems like there needs to be a change unless they figure it out, which is possible. But I'm not trusting them anymore. <laughs> they lost my trust.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I I'm a big fan of Giannis, but like as of right now, I just gotta leave them be and stop believing them. Stop believing in them because. When someone tells you and shows you who they are, just believe them. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks have shown us way too many times who they are. And every time we keep saying, nah, it will be different. <laughs> and it never is. Um, I feel like they're making the Brooklyn Nets look way better than they are. I'm going to be real. They are. Oh, like, they're missing James Harden. There's a way to exploit them not having James Harden. And, like... Brooklyn is just letting them. I mean, Bucks are just letting them live. So, yeah, it's it's sad to see because I don't like Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, especially <laughs> me as someone who lives in Brooklyn. I don't like Brooklyn. So, as in the Nets, but um, yeah, let's talk about a team that is very close to the conference finals, closer than all the other teams so far um Phoenix Suns hey um Devin Booker and Chris Paul have led their way have led the Suns to a 3-0 lead in this second round matchup against a against the MVP Nikola Jokic and this hobbled Nuggets squad I guess you can say um, but yeah, I mean Chris Paul has abused the drop coverage that they're playing <laughs> against him. Um It's so uh, bad. And like he is just getting whatever he wants in the mid range, um, late in games. it feels like a regular season game. Yeah, like the defense that they're playing against him, I mean it's not ideal, but like with a guy like Jokic, I don't think you want Jokic switching as well. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great to see Devin Booker been be able to thrive in a playoff setting. I mean, I we've been not we, but like other people have called Devin Booker like an empty stats type of guy. Guy was not a winner. All that stuff. We've had to hear it for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just wasn't true. Like, you, people expect him to win with, like, Tyler Eulis and Marquise Chris on his team. Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender, Alex Len. Like, they thought, like, Devin Booker was supposed to take Archie Goodwin to the playoffs. Like, come on. Like, that's 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 just not realistic. And, you know, Phoenix started building over the years. The, James Jones, he started building mm-hmm. the right way, putting – Defenders and shooters around these guys and then ultimately adding the Chris Paul piece and you know, it's led to this culmination of what's probably gonna be a Western Conference Finals berth. Um at the hands of the at the hands of a sweep to the Nuggets. So I mean, what have been your thoughts so far with um this series? Uh it's it was over after game one.
1: (laughs) After I saw game one, I was like, yeah. They stand no chance. Um, the Suns are just an amazing team, oriented team. I mean, everyone's contributing. Campaign looks like I don't even know, man. You can make an argument he was better than Chris Paul against the Lakers. That's how good he's been playing. Um, D. Book's doing his thing, you know, scoring, making the right passes every now and again. His defense, I think, is is stepping up too. Um, Jay Crowder is very, very key for that team especially in the Lakers series, um, DeAndre Aiden, man. Can we talk about DeAndre Aiden? Because he he's was kind of really an inconsistent well. man in the regular season. Suns fans were like, should we sign him long-term? Should we? Um, but the answer is clear now. He's holding Jokic to he, – he's playing really well on Jokic, which is incredible. Um, he's scoring whenever he needs to. He's not playing out of his role. The Suns are just a good team, and honestly, I think, I think they're probably the best team in the playoffs right now. I'm gonna be real i I think, um, I think the Suns are the best team in the playoffs right now.
0: And you know, um, yeah, I could agree with that. And some people may say, "Oh, well, they have played a hobbled Lakers team, and they played a hobbled Nuggets team." Well, I mean, you play who's in front of you, and you know, you take care of business then. And, you know, in the Lakers series, they were down 2-1. And, you know, a lot of people were like, uh-oh. It was <laughs> like, it's going to be a gentleman's sweep for the Lakers. And then, boom, Devin Booker turned it on. And, you know, they didn't look back. And Chris Paul was not himself that series. And Chris Paul wasn't himself for most of that series. Towards the end of that series, he started to regain some of his form. And, you know, Jay Crowder... Hitting timely three after timely three campaign, stepping up DeAndre and being able to feast on the inside, on those guys and being able to hold AD to um just taking jumpers for the most part, most of those games, like they all did their parts and they've continued to do their parts in this in this series. Like you said, DeAndre and playing excellent defense on on Jokic, Mm -hmm. Jokic is still able to get his stats, but like they're not as efficient as they need to be. Um and um yeah, I mean. Jay Crowder's still hitting those shots. Macau Bridges has stepped up in this series um, scoring wise. Um, and yeah, Chris Paul, I mean, he's back. He looks like the shoulder looks fine. He seems like he's at 100%. So, you know, everything's flowing right for the Suns at the right time. And, you know, could be looking at a conference. They definitely looking at a conference finals berth and pro- possibly even a finals berth. Um, on the Nuggets side, I mean, Jokic is just doing what he can to keep these guys afloat. They just got Will Barton back from injury. So, you know, that's been key for them. And um, the Nuggets supporting cast just hasn't been there to help. oh They They're haven't been so there bad. to help um, Jokic How at all. How did
1: a Dame team
0: lose to this team? Yeah, this looks even more embarrassing on Dame and them, especially after they blew that Game 5 game where he had, like, 55 and CJ and and, I... and Covington had a bunch of turnovers and stuff that cost them the game yeah i i can't believe they
1: lost that series i (laughs) i i'm I'm just baffled i think dame style kind of really didn't allow any other players to get in rhythm for the blazers in that series plus um terry stotts you know he did his thing as well
0: and as d- as in did his thing, he made sure that he was fired by the end of this series. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, um the Nuggets supporting cast. Austin Rivers, Faku, um To lose to Austin Gordon. Rivers Faku uh, backcourt. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Gordon, I mean a, a lot was um made of the trade when he, when it happened. Now, I know he's more of like a third or fourth option when Murray is fully healthy, but now that he's asked to step up and really help things, I bet you Vucevic is probably like, see? Can Look I roast
1: what- um Michael Porter Jr. too?
0: Go right ahead.
1: Dude, this guy could be so good, but he doesn't have a lick. A lick of basketball IQ in his system. And having Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. on the court at the same time defensively, I'm not too confident in it unless Michael Porter Jr. improves over time. But I don't see it because he just has this like personality that I just I don't mess with. He seems like he's arrogant. Um he takes dumb shots and if they aren't falling, it kills the team. Like he shoots over over like two people. And if it doesn't go in, it's it just hurts the team so much. He's streaky as hell, and I just think he needs more basketball IQ, and I don't know if he can get that. I, I,
0: Michael Porter Jr. pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what pisses me off about Michael Porter Jr., especially as a Knicks fan, is when the Kevin Knox thing gets br- brung up. And, you know... Those 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 conversations have been awfully quiet lately. You know why? Because, you know, Michael Porter Jr.'s back, which was a huge issue, and why the Knicks passed on him. Why multiple teams passed on him. Mm-hmm. Was 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 starting to flare up, started acting up, started getting stiff. And they said, Oh, it wasn't resolved back surgery. Well, you know, it's still a concern nonetheless. And you know, ever since then, he's looked just like Kevin Knox. So <laughs> we're even right now, so all those people making those comps, all those people making that comp, making that conversation, I hope y'all shut up now because he looks like Kevin Knox now. So
1: He just takes dumb shots, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, when he's hitting them...
1: Yeah, it's great, but when he's it's not... It's great, but when he's not...
0: Ooh. Yeah, and I guess with... I mean, I guess he has no... Ch- he, he doesn't have... I wouldn't say he doesn't have no choice but to take those shots, but he has no choice but to be such a focal point of the offense now. And I think a lot of these shots are just of uh, a nature, not even just of himself, but like what the Suns are um, just like forcing him to take at this point. Because, you know, Suns had a top, top, I want to say top six, top seven defense in the league this year. So they're forcing him into tough shots And he can't play defense. That, too, that also sucks. I mean, like, guys like Macal Bridges are attacking him on the court. So, you know, Mikhail, I'm and it's, it's not a knock at Macal. I mean, Macal's not really an offensive-oriented player, but, like, yeah, him being yet. able to attack Michael Porter Jr. on a switch but, or whatever it is. Um, I don't know, man. It's key. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. But, um... How you feel about the Suns' um, chances of possibly making the finals now? I think um, I
1: would pick them against the Jazz. Um, I, I would have to pick the Clippers if they face the Clippers just because I don't think they match up too well against the Clippers, but they definitely have a chance against either teams. to be honest with you. They're, and if they have home court, that, that home crowd is really, really good for them. So they definitely have a chance against anyone.
0: Yeah, the Suns, the Suns home court, huge advantage. It's like similar to MSG, the way that crowd gets down. Like, I really enjoy watching Suns games when they're at home because like, especially when they're rolling, like when D book or like Chris Paul or campaign starts rolling, that crowd starts getting into it, man. Those games are fun. But, yeah, um, I would like to see the Suns get to a a finals appearance, especially in Devin Booker's first playoffs, to get to the finals just like that and have a chance to win. I mean, that would be a crazy story to tell one day. Yeah. That would be insane. First, First freaking playoff experience. Championship? Oh, man. Yep. And, I mean... Just going back to our largest larger point of things with guys like Devin Booker, um Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic who got eliminated, John Moran who got eliminated, um Donovan Mitchell who's still in it, and unfortunately Trey Young. Um <laughs> this younger generation of <laughs> this younger generation of basketball players is really starting to make a name for themselves on the main stage. And Ben Simmons. And, you know, and Ben Simmons, I mean, to a, to a lesser extent, I mean, his his impact is more hey, defensively. His defense is unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, this this next generation of um, of NBA talent is really making a name for themselves early on in their careers, similar to the way um, guys like Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James mm-hmm. made a name for themselves early oh, on. You in also their forgot NBA Dylan career. Brooks. Not including Dylan Brooks. He is not <laughs> like the others. Hey, bro. He, when I saw that graphic you, earlier, man. I was just like, I was like, what are we doing here? We got like all these young stars and then we got Dylan Brooks. No offense to anyone who likes Dylan Brooks, but he's just not that guy. He's excellent defensively and he's also a hack, but he's just not that guy. He was able to score pretty well against Utah, but again, not that guy. I saw someone's um,
1: comment. He probably thinks he's the best player on this list.
0: <laughs> oh, of course, Dylan Brooks has that like he has irrational confidence yeah. on like HGH. Like it's insane. But you know, all props to him. I mean he he's he's, he's able to he's able to keep up with a lot of the guys on the court. So you know, he, he's not no scrub out there. As much as I I, I don't like him. Yeah, you Um. Saw him. So, let's get to the last series here. Um, game currently on. Um, Clippers up by 11. I haven't been paying much attention to this third quarter. But what I can say for at least the first two games was Donovan Mitchell was sensational. Yeah. And he's, he's been sensational tonight, again. too, apparently. Well, not as sensational. I mean... His shooting's not that good, at least from two-point, but from three-point, he's shooting 55%, so, you know. He's shooting that thing. He's got 26, as we are recording right now, end of the third quarter. He is carrying the offensive load so far for the um, the Jazz, but, like, he's been able to do that for the majority of this series, part of the re- huge reason why... Um, the Jazz are up 3, I mean, up 2-0 in the series. Um, But yeah, I mean, first game he scored, I w- w- believe it was 45. Second game he scored 35. And, you know, they've gotten solid production from their other guys, as in um Ingles and Clarkson and Bogdanovich whenever they needed it. So, you know they've been rolling they've been rolling and you know the three-pointers are a huge part of their offense especially in game one game one they took so many threes at least in like the first quarter it seemed and they took 50 yeah they chuck them off they took 50 and they They made 17 every possession it's kind of scary yeah, I mean that is that was their bread and butter the whole year and a lot of people thought it was going to fall off in the playoffs and so far it hasn't which has been incredible because usually three-point shooting like that there's a lot of variance that can come into play especially in these playoff settings. I mean, look look when we look back at um at Houston 2000 I want to say 18 or 17 playoffs, I don't remember which one it was off the top of my head. But they missed they missed 27 straight. Yeah. And like that type of stuff can happen when you're overly reliant on the three point shot and you're not looking to make any you're not looking to take or make any other shots. So they've kind of taken Mori ball and they put it on steroids and like hey. it's worked for them. And we'll see how far it takes them. But when At you least run it, they into, have the ability to do it. The Bucks on the other hand yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have personnel and the Bucks I mean the Jazz so far, they have the personnel to do that. So credit to them for that. But um when you um when they haven't run into I don't wanna say they haven't run into elite defense yet, but I mean when they can run into the Suns who play good defense, great close defense out hard. And they close out hard to those shooters. It's going to be very interesting to see what um, Utah does to counter it, and if Utah can keep up that shooting because playing against defenses like that will definitely swing defense. Swing Most the three pointers. Most the Jazz pointers.
1: are kind of lucky in this series. They don't. Really, they don't have a guy to expose. Um, Gobert on the defensive end of the floor. Like yes. Chris Paul is going to go insane, like he yes. is against Jokic.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly, probably a
1: lesser degree,
0: but CP3 is going to do his thing. Yep, because I saw—I think it was either today or yesterday—I saw on Twitter on the timeline someone had said, "Oh, the the um, the Gobert getting exposed in the playoffs thing is going to die is is dying very quickly right now." Gobert stands, man. (laughs) I don't even think that person was a Gobert stand either. I think they just had like an agenda; they just wanted to push, but um. Yeah, I mean, so far, Gobert hasn't played against, like, an elite pick-and-roll I mean manipulator. They were getting
1: cooked by Dylan Brooks and John Morant.
0: Yeah, and those like, aren't even, like... It was 4-1,
1: like, but it was, like, a close 4-1, you know?
0: It was, except for that last game. But, like, mm-hmm. they haven't played a Devin Booker or a Chris Paul level of yeah, creator in the pick-and-roll who's able to manipulate pick-and-rolls to how they want. So it's going to be that battle right there, that chess match right there is going to be super mm-hmm. interesting. To see what Quinn does, like, is he going to keep playing drop, or is like, are they going to do like some switching? It's going to be very interesting. We well, know this Chris is probably Paul, going to be a long series Clippers Jazz, so yeah, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, Chris Paul, you we know he loves to get a big on the switch, especially in the mid range, so. It's either you play drop and you let Chris Paul get what he gets what he wants or you either switch and you let Chris Paul get what he wants. So it's going to be very fun. I I can't wait for that series if it in the, indeed does happen. I don't want to speak too soon because you know the Clippers have a thing of wanting to make themselves go down 0-2 they don't before, even try. They,
1: before they <laughs> It seems like they, they start don't try. Yeah, but, like
0: Kawhi's like eh, I'll go down yeah. 0-2 again. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah. Yeah, I think the Clippers are going to win
1: this series. I think Kawhi is going to turn it on. You do like he always does. Every game he gets better. It seems like that's like his thing. Like he starts off slow, then every game he just get he takes over more and more. And I think just Kawhi is the best player in this series. And the Jazz are going to have a game where they don't make many threes. It's it's bound to happen. Um. They're shooting 47% from three, by the way, again. Um, But, yeah, I think the Clippers are going to win this series. Um, Paul George had a terrible couple games. Um, He'll step up. Reggie Jackson, talk about a guy with irrational confidence, but he's playing insane. So shout out to Reggie Jackson.
0: Yeah, Reggie Jackson has been phenomenal this series. I did not expect him to turn into Steph Curry. Um in these playoffs, <laughs> but but he you has I never thought you would say that. He he has like the three point shooting is just remarkable. Like game game two, 29 points on fifty percent shooting on eight attempts from mm-hmm. three. That's that's insane. Like th- that's not what I expected from Reggie Jackson. And then today, um 17 points on five of six from three, like this is insane st- shooting. And this is with crowds. Everyone was saying three point shooting was going to fall off when crowds came back. Of course, you know, that only affected my Knicks, of course, but um, <laughs> every other team seems to be really like, like legitimately hitting crazy amount of threes. And it's like remarkable. Like, yeah, Reggie Jackson, he's just,
1: he's always been solid.
0: Yeah. He but like in Detroit, like, I don't think even Detroit Pistons fans saw, like, this level of three-point shot making that we're <laughs> witnessing right now from him. Like, this is, like, best shooter in the world, like, best shooter in the season type of stuff. So, like,
1: shout don't out to Ray Jackson. Jackson. I mean, he's making he's making the most <laughs> of this
0: opportunity. I mean, he's awesome. a lot of people clown the Clippers when they signed him because... I don't know why. I don't get that. Hey, I mean, I guess he good. came from Detroit and, like... He wasn't really doing much in Detroit, especially towards the end of his tenure there. So he had a nice playoff run, though. Yeah. On
1: a trash team.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, a lot of people don't put so much stock into that. So, like. I'll take him on the Sixers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could never have too many creators, but. Man, that was a tough bucket from Donovan Mitchell, by the way. Jeez. He has been phenomenal this playoffs. He's taken I mean, over in the fourth quarter, too. That's i, I just gotta say work. about Donovan mitchell he's someone that i feel like hasn't got a lot of credit because you know a lot of people like to make a lot of a lot of, a lot of people like to make the, the 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 statement that um gobert and conley are the ones that um oh god really go. anchor the team and you know no. they they do they do have their own individual parts but like what makes no. this team go and play off basketball is donovan mitchell's dom- dominance He averages about like 28 points per game in the playoffs for his career. And that's like up there with the likes of like AI, MJ, guys like that. And like to do that for like the first three or four years of your career and be a consistent like, be a consistent like top four to five seed in the, in, in the, in the West consistently. I mean, you just got to give credit. And of course, you know, Gobert and Conley, they each contribute to, their own sector of the team, but like, nah, Donovan, they makes lost the to goal. the Grizzlies, bro. They lost to the Grizzlies. That was their one loss of the playoffs so far without Mitchell. Yeah, it was without Mitchell. So, you know, I don't
1: get people who say Mitchell's not the best player on the jazz.
0: They got an agenda. That's what how can is. you
1: say that with a serious face? Mitchell does everything for that team,
0: you know? yeah they, they don't go without him they don't like you can have your conley leadership and like intangibles you can have gobert's defense in the paint oh, and it's, oh
1: you see those graphs bro <laughs> unreal <laughs> you just don't yeah. understand his impact bro <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know he's sometimes he's he's inefficient <laughs> and he's a shot chucker sometimes but you know Aren't a lot of volume scores. So is Alan Iverson
1: at times.
0: Yeah, and aren't a lot of volume scores gonna be that too?
1: Yeah, it's like who do you want taking shots? Joe Ingles or Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> Probably well, Donovan you know, Mitchell.
0: There, there, some people will answer that question with Joe Ingles. so Yeah, Ingalls is he's good. Well, Royce O'Neal or Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then 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 I gotta go Donovan there. But yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I mean he's had a remarkable playoff run so far and you know looking like it's gonna be i mean i could just imagine a duel between him and devin booker would probably be on the the level of the duel that he had with jamal in the bubble like i mean who do you, type who do you think is better making, um
1: who do you think is better mitchell or booker
0: i got booker mm. i got booker I, I gotta give booker the slight edge like he's he's a bit more efficient with his scoring and like I just like Donna I like um Booker's in between game just a bit more than his yeah and That's like fair. and Booker's made some like strides in like the playmaking like there's some passes I've seen yeah, him yeah. throw this these these playoffs like he's coming off drives throwing one handed cross court passes like yeah, that game level one of against the Lakers
1: yes game one against the Lakers he did one of his best playmaking games I've seen.
0: Yeah, so I gotta give Booker the slight edge there, but I mean they're like neck and neck. I think. I think like, Mitchell
1: has a bigger role. Like Mitchell is what CP three is to the Suns. Does that make mm, sense?
0: I think so that's why. I think, I, I think some people would say Conley is that just because he's a, he's able to do more of the primary nah, no. stuff that Chris Chris Paul. We're does giving as too well. much
1: credit to Conley. Really? Or am I disrespecting him? <laughs>
0: Possibly because I think Conley does play a, a role. Some people may overplay that role because um they want to discredit Donovan to a degree, I guess. But like yeah, I feel like Conley still has a he still has an important role on this team. So I will give him that. Um is there anything that we are missing from these playoffs that we did not discuss? Um
1: Ben Simmons should have been Defensive Player of the Year. That's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> I could, I could, I could, I could get with that. I mean, he had a great defensive year, and you know we're seeing what he's able to do to disrupt the Hawks' offense. And you know, I think I think with Ben Simmons, a lot of his off his lot of his defense gets kind of overshadowed by the lack of offense and his lack of aggressiveness as well, and like. Game Three, when we saw it come together on both sides of the ball, that's when you saw a lot of people start to like be like, yo, Ben Simmons, like he's having a great game today, like that type of stuff we was hearing, so, yeah but he is who he is. You just gotta accept him that's why yeah, I but I feel like if you get aggressive Ben Simmons more, that's what kind of guarantees like you how far the team can go. I think um.
1: I think even with his limitations, I think we could go far.
0: Maybe. Just if you're able Joel to have Tobias good. and Seth and all those other guys yeah, show true. up the scoring, then maybe so. But even then, him being aggressive forces the defense at least to pay attention to him a little bit more where they're not completely ignoring yeah, but him. But he's not going to be. <laughs> that's, that's what we but see, hit. that's the thing. When he was aggressive in game three. It opened up the passing lanes even more for him. There's a chance
1: chance he will, but at this point, as a Sixers fan, I just got to accept that he's not going to do that (laughs) for my mental health. And just like ever since I've done that, I've loved Ben Simmons and been defending him because he's so good defensively and he makes amazing passes. And it's just like, oh. I would rather MB take shots and a little hook shot from Ben Simmons. But still, every now and again I'll be like, dude, you have Bogdanovich on you, bro.
0: Bogdanovich. <laughs> exactly. And like there was a play yesterday where I kind of got pissed because like the reverse layup? Yes. He had John Collins on him, bro. Dunk it on him. John Collins is not doing squat to you, bro. John Collins is a dork and he's a loser and he's not gonna do anything to contest you at the rim. Just go up and dunk it, or reverse layup, or something, man. Like it's John Collins. He's not nothing's hot. Like, come on. There is another blessing to Simmons being
1: dumb as hell on offense, though. I think it's made Embiid just that like, much experiment. more aggressive? Yeah, it makes him experiment with things. Like, you know, you notice him working on the perimeter more often now because he kind of has to if they're yeah. triple teaming him. So I think. Ben being the liability he is, I think M B was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get in the lab this offseason and like just be dominant." So that's kind of a blessing. But other than that, it sucks. Yeah. But against the Nets, like, there's there's a there's certainly an outcome where Ben Simmons just has twenty five points randomly. You know, well, what he's saying? gonna
0: have plenty of those opportunities against the Nets, especially because Same they don't the really guard the rim, so.
1: I think it's all about confidence with him. Like, now that he's got 18 points under his belt, hopefully he'll be like, oh, they can't stop me. So he'll look for it more. Because when he goes, another thing is he can't shoot foul shots, so I think he's scared to get fouled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he didn't look like that in game three. I'll say that. Like, he looked yeah. like he wanted to get fouled, and, you know, he was – It's not, he not even He was welcoming worth it, like, it, so – it's
1: not worth talking about Ben Simmons cuz <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I
0: feel like I feel like it is worth it it's, it's it's interesting because him being aggressive opens up so much more things for the offense. But like even then the offense still kind of pretty flows regardless but like you kind of get le- you got to get less droughts when he is aggressive. And as we are watching the game Donovan Mitchell is heading to the locker room that doesn't look good oh, he's no. limping. That's suck, bro. Yeah. So hopefully so Donovan, say, hopefully by the time you are listening to this on Sunday morning or afternoon that Donovan Mitchell is fine and able to go for game 4. But um yeah. Um Can I say one more thing? Mhm. Adam Silver
1: 40 game regular season, make it a 10 10 um teams in each conference playoffs. The regular season, pointless.
0: Just to that point, try. I would say keep the seventy-two, but <laughs> sp- keep the seventy-two, but spread it over the course of the um the eighty-two game season, so the games are spread out so well. That's true. And what you about know, like fifty-six. Nah, they would never do that. They need the cash, but like seventy-two is fine with the plan. Keep the plan as well. Um, but like tweak the rules a little bit, and you know. I feel like that would be successful. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. about 64? Nah, it has to be like (laughs) 70 or more with this league. You know Adam Silver and the owners, they want all the money they can get. Yeah, that's true. I think if the players were able to negotiate something, they would probably be able to say like, hey, look at this season and Donovan Mitchell is back on the bench as we were watching, so... Oh, let's go. Hopefully, you know, all is well with him. Um... Um, and last thing I have to say is, um, watch out for the Knicks next year. Kyle Lowry, Josh Hart. <laughs> How
1: do I know you're going
0: to... Kyle Lowry, Josh Hart. You know, those are... Th- hey, they, they like Kyle dibs. I was
1: going to six bro.
0: Uh, I don't know. We got a chance to give him more money, but we'll see. Um, and, um... The actual last thing I want to say is um screw the Hawks and screw Atlanta. I hope they lose in five. Um <laughs> and I hope Trey has an will. awful last two games. Like I hope and I hope the I hope the Hawks match. Um, we didn't even talk about his flopping. Oh, yeah, let's get into that. Okay, so I'm I pointed this out, especially in game one, because game one this frustrated me because he had Thibel on him. And, like, first of all, Thibault didn't even, like... Touch him. Not even didn't touch him. Thibault didn't even initiate the contact (laughs) with him. It was Trey that initiated the contact with him. So, basically, Thibault was put in a situation where he couldn't do anything. And, like, it was ridiculous because, like, you're basically not allowed to play defense on Trey Young at that point because, like, Thibault was just there. He was just literally there. And Trey bumped into him. And Trey got the benefit of the whistle. So it's like, and I noticed that Trey does this whenever he has like a versatile or a lengthy defender on him. And he's not able to really like shake them. He'll just like throw himself into them and he'll get the benefit. And he knows he'll get the benefit of the whistle. So it doesn't even matter. So it's stupid. And Trey's just manipulating the rules, but we got to hate Adam silver for implementing these rules and they already said that when once the season's over, they're gonna to take a look at these type of foul calls. So hopefully the these these calls are abolished because they just ruin the flow of these games, all the foul baiting and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Embiid has his own way of foul baiting as well, but you know, it's it's yeah, funny seeing Hawks gets, fans and Sixers yeah, fans. Yeah, like how do they compare it? Like it's funny like, seeing Hawks fans and Sixers fans laugh and com- complain about each other's star <laughs> players foul baiting because it's just like. It's like the Spider Man meme, basically. But yeah, yeah Trey Young pisses me off. And B gets fouled way more
1: because he's just huge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can I could, I could see the reasoning for that. But um, yeah, I can't stand Trey Young. Um, not even just as a Knicks fan, but like I've been complaining about him all year. So this has been nothing new. And him and his predecessors of Luca and Harden, I don't like their style of play either. So. This is not just a one-off thing on Trey. I don't like any of those guys the way they play. So yeah. Go um on. with and the Hawks. You. With the Hawks, too, I feel like they have so many guys that you can exploit on defense. And I'm so pissed that my team didn't take advantage of them. And I'm kind of glad that you guys are. But there's still some opportunities that the the Sixers aren't taking advantage of. Like there was one um there was one there was a couple possessions where there was a lineup of Trey. Kevin Herter, I think Lou Williams, John Collins, and Gallinari. And I was like, yo, what is Nate McMillan doing? Like, this is just five straight defensive liabilities. Like, if the Sixers don't attack these guys and make them at least try to play defense, then I don't know. But I mean, we scored 120 every game against the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping my team would be able to do that. But of course, we don't have the offensive personnel. And hopefully we can upgrade that I mean but. you guys have it's like you had Julius
1: Randall who's great but he's not like Joel Embiid yeah so that's like the, hot, the Knicks and Sixers are basically they're like the same team honestly it's just that like Sixers have Joel Embiid and a little better supporting cast well the Knicks yeah. have Julius Randall who really struggled randomly unfortunately but he'll be back man no one expected him to be who he was this year so I, I don't know. I think he'll be good for the playoffs next year.
0: Yeah, this this type of experience is good under his belt, especially for the other guys on the team too, they, especially our young guys. And, you know, a lot of them are going to get a lot of experience um, this offseason as well. Um, Julius Randle is probably going to be in that USA camp and he'll probably be in the running for being selected. RJ is going to be playing for Team Canada. Um, we got our young guys playing in Summer League. So, you know. Everything's going up for the Knicks. Hopefully, you know, we're we'll back right back in the playoffs, and you know, hopefully, we're we'll able to kick Trey Young's ass next year. So,
1: fluff Charles Barkley, fluff Shaq, fluff Kendrick Perkins. They all picked the Hawks and said it was going to be easy for them. So, I just want to I remember
0: that, that too. I remember that. That was hilarious because once what I saw idiots. Chuck saying it, I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be sixes and five, and we're all going to look back and man. laugh at it disrespect um but yeah i think we've covered about everything (laughs) that's happened in the playoffs this past week um is there anything you want to plug before we head out of here uh just
1: romp 2.0 on everything basically yeah that's all all right
0: and i will plug um this podcast of course hopefully you are listening and you subscribe and leave a rating—that always helps. And um, also going to plug the Strickland Great Knicks website. Um, I've joined them. I won't even say recently. I've joined them like since like the second half of the regular season. So they've got great content coming out, especially for the draft and free agency. So make sure you are tuned in over there if you want some Knicks coverage to dive into so link for that will be in the description or the show notes for this episode as they usually are um and yeah that's it